All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hello, Canucks fans, and welcome back to another episode of the Canucks Conversation in our new digs. We're live at the Sheraton Wall Center, iconic wall center. Dave Guadrelli, alongside my new co-host, Harmon Dial. I'm wearing a suit partly because it's our first episode in the new studio, Harmon, the new format of the show, but also because there's a Canucks game tonight, which we'll get to later. Harmon, thank you for joining me. Very excited to have you on board. And look at this studio, the green, the green backlighting just absolutely pops. Well, I was going to say, I know it's a big day because I've never seen quads dress up in a suit. (laughs) For one of these shows before and not only that but you got the fresh cut i know you spent your time spent some time doing your hair because mm-hmm. man last show on friday when i was doing a guest spot complete opposite <laughs> you were ripping crown your hair was all over the place i had to come pick you up to visit the studio after and uh you're you're just forgetting things in faber's apartment uh it was a uh, complete 180 you've you've leveled up i know it's a big day and like you said the studio is beautiful uh bear with us folks we're gonna have a few i'm sure technical difficulties at times the look of the show is gonna change because our man tyler Yaremchuk flew all the way from edmonton to get us set literally moments before the show started he was hooking up cameras and stuff and the new camera that we have isn't quite ready to go so we're using a bit of an older camera right now so the the quality of the visual i think is going to improve a little bit as well uh but look at this we got our crown bottle we've got our four wins light lager we've got an elias Pettersson signed draft puck there uh and i think we're going to play with this overlay we're going to do some different stuff like i think eventually we'll get to um just a big box on youtube of just us and then we'll get the overlays and all that kind of worked out uh because someone already pointed out what is this a podcast for ants because yes we are a little small on the YouTube live show, but this is also a podcast. So before we do that, we should mention that we are brought to you by the great folks over at Zephyr Epic. You can use promo code hockey season 
capital H, capital S, all one word, hockey season. That will get you $5 off your order at ZephyrEpic.com. If you shop online, that's Z-E-P-H-Y-R, Epic.com. Check out the retail location in Surrey as well. Uh, Fine folks out there at Zephyr Epic. We've got our hockey cards here. Uh, let's open these up. This is a bit of a tradition on this show. You go show. first because yeah. I'm the worst at opening wrappers. You get used to it. So what I found is if you pull the back, right? If you pull the back right there, you uh, you, you can you can really get some. It, it becomes very easy. It becomes pretty easy. So um, you great trick. Look I did it. Go. Yeah. Look <laughs> at you go. So you go to the middle. That's what we usually do. So I got a Young Guns of Josh Brown, and definitely the camera's not going to be able to pick that up. But I've got a Young Guns of Josh Brown with the Panthers. Harmon, would you pull? Dude. Go straight to the middle, you were saying? Yeah, I, I I don't know. We don't go through the base cards. If you pull, like, a Canuck... Oh, right, okay. I, I get what that. you mean. I get what yeah. you mean. Like, I, I pulled, like, Matt Murray, so I didn't announce that. I think I got now. a cool Taylor, Taylor Hall one here. All right, what'd you pull? Oh, yeah. No, that's a base card. <laughs> I don't pull anything with hockey cards. Uh, oh, I think this is... This Taves one, I think. Also a base card. Wow. Okay, we'll, wrap, we'll wrap up this. If you want to go get your own hockey cards, visit ZephyrEpic.com. Free shipping Canada-wide on any order over $50. We should also mention, I don't know if we're bringing him in on the first show, but our producer, technical producer, the man at the controls is Grady Sass. Hello. Hello, there he is. He's, he's there right now. We're no gonna camera get a, yet for yeah, me. Yeah, we're going to get you an ISO cam first. Um, See the yeah. magic behind the scenes here. It's looking good. It's looking good. People are asking us to hit the crown. Uh, the big boss, Jay Downton, our CEO, is in town, and he's coming on the show later, but he was in the studio and said, oh, can you guys buy another bottle of crown and not drink it? I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, no <laughs> like, he wasn't mad. He was just like, yeah, I'm not sure if we're supposed to drink it or not. And I was like, oh. Whatever. Anyways, so we're getting a new bottle of Crown, and that'll just be ours to crack into whenever we want, Harmon. Uh, so let's get into it. Let's get into what happened over the weekend for the Vancouver Canucks. It was a 2 nothing win over the 7-1-1 one one at the time. Dallas Stars, a shutout for Thatcher Demko. Let's start there. Yeah, I mean, he was the team's most important player in the first period, right? I didn't love Vancouver's opening frame. I thought they didn't generate a lot offensively in the Stars' first two power plays in, in particular, they were getting a lot. They were crashing the net hard. Lots of um, slot deflections. Obviously, the robbery he had on uh, one of the Stars' first power plays stands out. And then to keep it even keel going into the second, that's when the Canucks took over. And they defended really well, started generating some offense. But if it wasn't for Demko in that first period the Canucks could have been trailing going into the second and it could be a totally different ball game, especially when you're then chasing a game, trying to score in Jake Ottinger, who has been nearly as hot as Thatcher Demko and looked sensational. How many times did he rob Brock Besser, especially in the second period there? Quinn Hughes. Oh man. He, he was a wall for them too. And, and that's where the Canucks, I mean, so many different angles you could look at it. Obviously they took the game over in the second, but I thought the way they, so clinically and professionally defended that third period lead. To me, that was one of the most important aspects of, of the game. The One of the areas that I looked at and, and went, I'm really impressed with the progress this team is making. It was funny because we've talked about how each win has told us something different about this year's team. We even talked about in the context of the San Jose Sharks, winning that game and just going about their business, being a professional hockey team in every sense of the word, that meant something. And we broke that down on the last episode. But 
this game also told us another thing, and it's that they can hang with these contending teams. And when you have a start like the Canucks, there's going to be people out there who are trying to poke holes in everything you're doing, right? Their PDO is high. We, we've talked about all this stuff. But the way they handled the Dallas Stars in that game, that's what you wanted to see from them on that night because that was them going up against a contending team and that was their stars playing like their stars and all of their supporting pieces coming out and being on the same page. Like it wasn't a, like it wasn't a game where they had guys or a guy who you looked at and said, would have liked to see more like Tyler Myers has been playing well yeah, lately on this stretch. Right. And, and the same was true in that game against Dallas. And I think that's what you're learning about this team is when they need to, they're all out and they're all ready to go. The problem is how many more times are we going to see slip-ups, right? Because we saw it against Philadelphia. And not, look, we brought it up so many times, talk and nip that in the bud right away, right? Like he, he immediately got on top of them because of that, right? I think that this team is not only going to win tonight, but I think this team is now proving themselves to be a playoff team. I don't think it's too early to say that. Well, they've built themselves an incredible head start, especially when you look at Calgary struggling, Seattle struggling, a couple teams that you looked at before the season as direct competitors with the Canucks for playoff spots. And I like what you mentioned in terms of there being no passengers in that stars game. To me, that was another encouraging aspect of the game because this wasn't a night where Pedersen Hughes and Miller were just single-handedly taking over, right? We've had games like that where the power play goes bonkers. It's the star power really carrying this team. You look at Quinn Hughes, he looked a little bit off on Saturday, which is going to happen. Elite players have games where it didn't look bad, but you could see he was whiffing on a couple passes here and there, uh, slipped a couple times, just losing an edge. And what happened was, okay, then Philip Perona comes in, and he plays arguably the best game of his season, logging nearly 26 minutes a game. Gorgeous setup to Pedersen where, okay, yeah, you look at the score after, and you go, okay, Pedersen scored, top guy carrying the team. But th- that goal was all heroic. The way that he took the puck at the point there, faked the shot, got all of the Stars defenders sort of collapsing in that shot lane, and then to find Pedersen backdoor. I mean, what a gorgeous play there. And even though I also want to shout out, like I think this was the third game's be- third line's best game. When you look at Pew Suter, Dakota Joshua, Connor Garland, it feels like they've struggled to find their identity, their you know offensive stride, their energy, their speed. And I thought they were excellent against the Stars. And it's notable to me because... Dallas is the type of team, they basically have two second lines. So that Suter line had to have a lot of shifts against the Jamie Benn line, the Tyler Sagan line. And in those minutes, just one shot against that five on five. Obviously, they came through with Suter scoring as well, but also just the way Garland was stealing pucks back, the physicality, heft, and defensive plays we saw from Joshua. It finally felt like the third line came together and, and brought something to the table, which again was crucial because top guys played well, but they weren't necessarily carrying, carrying the game all by themselves. Dakota Josh with seven hits in that game, but we, you pointed this out. Rick Tockett not giving him much love post-game. I think we have the clip here, Grady. Uh, this is Rick Tockett. I included the question from Brennan Batchelor so you can hear the context of what was asked and the way Tockett answered it. Not much love to Dakota Joshua, who had seven hits in that game after being a healthy scratch. Put Dakota Joshua back in the lineup tonight. What did you like from his game? Seemed like he was more engaged physically. And did he respond well in in your mind to the healthy scratch from the other night? 
Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I got to look at the tape. I thought he was pretty good. Yeah, I mean, we, listen, he's a big guy. We're playing a Dallas team that's, you know, they play a playoff heavy style. We need guys like him to win battles and get to the net. So what I found interesting about that was, yes, Tockett was complimentary about Joshua there, but watching Joshua's sort of overall game, how in- how intense he played, the physicality, how many battles he won, you contrast the way that Tockett wasn't necessarily showering Joshua with compliments after that game. It was an interesting contrast to like when we were in Edmonton and Nils Hoaglander had a strong game, not even as, as good a game as Joshua had last night, arguably. And Tockett was sort of praising like specific plays, like what a huge shot block he had, yeah. the energy, the speed. Oh, he's been spending extra time doing video with the Sedins. And, and I think I have a theory for why, right? That morning skate before the game, Tockett had sort of cited that Joshua's sort of problem was consistency, right? That he can have a good game, but it's about stringing it time after time after time again. And I think, I wonder if, if part of what Tockett was sort of doing there was making sure that Joshua's not getting too high. Because look, the players see anything a coach says. When, it, when a coach is answering the media's questions, it's not just oh, they're answering the media's questions. Everything is sort of calculated in how they respond. And I think the the key there was sort of making sure that Joshua doesn't get too comfortable after one game because I think the coaching staff knows that Joshua can have one big performance. It's can he maintain that high level of energy because earlier in the season, there's just been too many games where he hasn't had that same level of urgency and it's taken him uh, a lot of sort of message sending from the coaching staff even in training camp talk it sort of specifically calling joshua joshua out and saying he needs to really pick it up and i think that's what i'm really sort of interested to see for him over these next few games is can he maintain the level that he showed the the other night and i honestly think that he could really benefit from from taking a page out of phil DiGiuseppe's playbook in terms of like that's a guy who knows his role and has a non-stop motor every night and that's where I think Joshua could really benefit in terms of his own game. As you can read right now over at CanucksArmy.com, Teddy Bluger skated today. It was his first time skating, but he's not in the lineup tonight. He's not in the lineup. He was kind of a passenger at morning skate today. It's a conversation we'll dive into more, Harmon, tomorrow. But where does Teddy Bluger fit in all of this? Like, who's coming out when Teddy Bluger goes in? Because, look, we just talked about Dakota Joshua needing to have a consistent effort night in and night out. Tonight's a good test for him as well against an Edmonton Oilers team who really, if you think about it, we'll, we'll pull up the lines later on. McDavid, Drysdale on the same line at five on five. Joshua's not getting that matchup. Like that's not going to be Joshua's matchup. That's going to be the Miller line once again. And we'll talk more about that. Uh, the Oilers game preview a little bit later, but you look at it right now, the bottom six matchup. I look at guys like Connor Garland. I look at guys like Niels Huglander, Dakota Joshua and say, those guys need to have big games tonight against the Oilers. Anthony Bovillier as well, right? And this is where Edmonton's bottom six really hasn't generated a lot of offense. And when you know you're going to get softer matchups, this is where you want the rest of your lineup to really step up. Because if it's, you know, let's say the Miller line getting that toughs matchup, Hughes and Ronick, you're essentially happy if you play them to a draw, right? Against the McDavid line. You're not trying to necessarily win those minutes, And so it's up to the rest of the lineup to then go out and win at five on five. And that's obviously the Pedersen line is going to be essential 
Uh, I think that's a huge X factor for them. But also the names that you mentioned, absolutely, they they need to show more energy. And that's why, again, going back to that San Jose game, I think it was huge for Suter to get his first goal, for mm-hmm. Bovillier to, to get a pair as well, just to build their confidence up, get the monkey off the back. And then you saw it with Suter again, getting on the board again. Now now those guys are starting to feel good. They're um, not entering this game at a low point in their confidence, mm-hmm. in their um, overall vibe about, about how they're sort of feeling. And and that is so huge because the mental side of the game, man, it it's it's an intangible, but it makes such a massive difference in the types of plays that you're looking to to make. And and absolutely, those guys are, are going to need to be huge for the Canucks. Guy who I'm hoping is huge for me tonight, Elias Pedersen, because I picked him as my pick in the Wendy's Daily Face-Off Survivor game. Wendy's is offering fresh prizes all season long with Wendy's Daily Face-Off Survivor Fantasy. The game lives weekly on dailyfaceoff.com with weekly prizes and a season-long prize of $5,000 up for grabs. It's simple. You sign up, play, and then you get free stuff on the Wendy's app. You pick a prop that will happen in that game, and the longer you survive with correct answers, the more you can win from Wendy's. I'll tell you what, me and about half the people that were still in the game last week got eliminated when Philadelphia beat Buffalo. That was, I, I knew so many people that picked that game and they picked the Sabres to win like myself. And then the Flyers came back and won or not even came back. They just won that game. And look, Buffalo didn't really start in that game, which really sucked to see. But anyways, I was out last I, week. I'm hoping to be in it this week. I told you Philly's the actual trap team. You're talking about the other, <laughs> last, last week, San Jose, Oh, a trap game. That's it's like the worst team of all time, arguably can't be a trap game it's it's a team like philly i'm telling you man look at this change on the fly i don't know look at your screen like look at the, what grady sass our producer has done here holy cow this work is, in the magic people were already in the chat like guys i can't see you it's it's too this is beautiful <laughs> i was just worried that the top uh the graphics would cut your guys's head off but this that seems awesome. to be working okay so this looks great if, let us know in the chat what you guys think what you prefer yeah i i really like it i think it looks great but i gotta finish this uh about wendy's so well, you obsess over your dream team over on Wendy's Daily Face-Off Survivor Fantasy. You can reward that dedication with Wendy's new obsession, the very real barbecue bacon cheeseburger. Freshly added to the Wendy's lineup, enjoy the Applewood smoked bacon, crispy onions as cheese melts over the fresh, never-frozen Canadian beef. Sign up now for the Wendy's Daily Face-Off Survivor game. I think we'll talk about our picks. Uh, we're going to Monday, Wednesday, Friday. We'll talk about our picks, see how we're doing in the week. It's Monday, folks. There's still time. You can go sign up now, um, you know, Pick your prop for the game tonight and see how long you survive. Uh, it's, it's a fun game. It's really fun over at dailyfaceoff.com. Okay. Uh, did you want to get to this right now? I think we should. Let's get, let's get to it. Because uh, you, me, and Grady went out for lunch yesterday. And you said, I got, I got a take about the Dallas Stars roster construction and how it relates to the Vancouver Canucks and what they can learn about theirs. Explain. Yeah, so essentially with Dallas coming into town, I was sort of thinking about Dallas's evolution as a team, right? Because if you look at the end of the 2021-22 season, Dallas was sort of this fringe playoff team that nobody was talking about as an actual cup contender. They And they've really leveled up and taken that next step where everybody now looks at them as one of the best teams in the Western Conference. They obviously made the Western Conference final last year. And as a starting point and as a template for the Canucks situation, I think there are some similarities in terms of roster composition and even cap situation, right? Because you look at the stars two years ago, they had an elite defenseman to build around with Miro Haskinen, but the rest of their blue line was definitely lackluster and kind of still is. 
Um, one of the best first lines in the NHL with Hints, Robertson, Pavelski, but there were essentially a sort of one-line offensive team, just didn't have enough difference makers beyond that. Stud young goalie and Jake Ottinger. And the key here is that you didn't love their cap situation because they had Tyler Sagan as their highest forward, making nearly $10 million, and Jamie Bennett, nine and a half, who was underperforming his contract. So it's like you had a couple of cap obstacles to work around as well. And I remember two years ago looking at the stars and and sort of thinking, man, how are they going to take that next step? Like, are they forever stuck in this sort of purgatory of being good enough to make the playoffs, but not quite good enough to actually sort of contend for a cup? And before I get into sort of what we can learn, I'm just kind of curious what, like, do you see the similarities there in terms of like as a starting point with the Canucks sort of base pieces when you mentioned like Pedersen, Hughes, Demko, a couple of non-ideal contracts on the Canucks' books? Well, when you talk about Pedersen, Demko, Hughes, I think you were talking about the best forward, defense, and goaltending combination in the entire league. Like, Colorado comes close, but I don't trust their goalie as much as I trust Thatcher Demko. And just I don't think as highly of Georgiev as I do Thatcher Demko. So when when you look at it from that perspective, I think, yeah, the Canucks have the best starting point. But that's what they've had for years now, right? Like, it's not like these guys just came to Vancouver. They've been here for a few years now. So it is about building around and it is about navigating those troublesome contracts that you have on your books. So yes, I see the similarities. The thing I wonder Harmon is, and I I know you have more on this, so I'll, I'll let you kind of get back to it, but you did an exercise at the athletic. I think it was a year or two, two years ago where you examined how far the Canucks really are from being in that contending status in terms of their roster composition. I'm curious just to get your thoughts of what do they need now to get to that spot? Well, and this this is where obviously the blue line stands as sure. another sort of crucial area, you know, finding a real 3C, maybe another impact top six forward. It's not that they need a lot of pieces, but this is a challenge that I've been trying to explain. It's that how do you find those pieces and fit them under the cap A and B acquire them when you don't have a ton of sort of trade assets to necessarily work with and you don't have let's say like a deep prospect pipeline that you can just trade away trade away blue chip prospects and and not really sort of care about and this is this is where the similarity with dallas sort of um sort of stands out to me because obviously they had the coaching change peter DeBoer um coming in which made a huge difference um their best players sort of took another step up which we're kind of seeing in vancouver this season as well but but to me how they fit those difference makers under the cap was they hit on their first round picks, mm-hmm. right? The last couple of years, we've started to see why Johnson come in as a, as a middle six center. Um, he was a 23rd overall pick. And then Thomas Harley in the playoffs came in as a top four defenseman. And that changed the dynamic of that team because it wasn't just Johnson coming in and he's scoring 24 goals as a rookie, but now all of a sudden it lifted up Jamie Benn. And it's like, you've got two sort of new players almost mm-hmm. in a way when you consider how 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 much of a breakout Ben had last year. And so you think, okay, what does that mean from Vancouver's perspective? It's like when you look at Tom Willander, for instance, if within the next couple of years, two, three years, he can step in and be a difference maker on this blue line, especially when it's Vancouver's biggest area of need mm-hmm. and do it on an ELC, like that's that's the type of thing that that could like change your roster, change your ceiling as a team. And when we've had these conversations in years past where, you know, 
we see them taking shortcuts. We see the Philip Peronic trade and we call it a shortcut, for example, right? That's the thing that we kept pointing out is you don't have enough and you don't have enough help coming on those ELCs because that's the thing that's very common with almost every cup contender is they've got those players on those ELCs, those really high-end difference makers. And this is something Botch talked about a lot, right? Was when Pedersen was on their ELC, the Canucks' inability to contend during Pedersen's ELC that's bad. Like that was very bad, a very bad position for the Canucks to be in there. Look, it's the past. The past is the past, but they need those ELC difference makers. So you look at a guy like even Hunter Brustevich, who's right now is leading the OHL in points. We've been seeing his development right before our eyes. Look, I, I don't know if he's coming into the NHL next year per se, but you know, you've got Willander, you've got Brustevich, you've got Arshdeep Baines, who right now is leading the AHL in points. Like you're starting to see this development where this was a weakness of this organization in the past was their development. And yeah, their prospect pipeline isn't phenomenal by any means. Like they don't really have those high-end difference makers. Maybe Willander can become one. Maybe Rustevich can also become one. But Karamaki. Karamaki, exactly. Karamaki also, I think, third in the SHL right now in goals. These guys taking the next step and developing and coming in on ELCs, that's what's not only going to make the Canucks good now, but also in the future, like you need to keep these guys coming if you're the Vancouver Canucks. And it's not just as supporting pieces, right? It's it's as, and this is where, let's say a guy like Arshdeep Baines, while I love what he's doing, and I think he can absolutely help in an NHL role this season, because he's 22, because he's an older prospect, I don't think anybody's sort of expecting him to sort of come in and be like a, a definitive core player, right? And that's where you're more so, concentrated and focused on your absolute cream of the top, cream of the crop top prospects, uh, which again comes down to Willander and LeCaramacchi, especially because, you know, in a couple of years, Canucks are going to have a couple of um, wingers. When you look at um, Kuzmenko, when you look at Besser with expiring contracts and those guys make money and it helps to sort of, if you have another young right wing goal scorer coming in, who it's like this guy could, this guy can come in and potentially supplement that and you can reallocate cap dollars to upgrading the blue line or finding a legit three C like those are the things that can be real game changers. And I know this is more of a big picture conversation than necessarily a conversation about the team this season, but it, it was just interesting and sort of came to my mind when, when Dallas came in, just because I think that's the closest template for, okay, the ultimate goal isn't just making the playoffs in terms of the big picture. It's, it's, we want to see this team contend for a cup. I think Dallas coming into town was my reminder that, okay, this might be the closest template for the Canucks situation and, and what can they learn in terms of taking that next step. Okay. Anything else on that before we go to anyone else presented by DoorDash? I think that's it. Let's hear from the people. It's time for the people to get their comments in. It's time for anyone else presented by DoorDash. It's our listeners chance to get involved and hit us up. I should say viewers now and hit us up in the YouTube live chat. And it's also our viewers chance to get 25% off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more. That's right. For a limited time, our listeners can get 25% off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when they download the DoorDash app and enter code nation 25. That's NATION25, all capital letters, NATION25 for 25% off, up to $10 value, and zero delivery fees on that. Offer valid in Canada, subject change, terms, of course, do apply. Okay, do we got anything in the YouTube live chat here? Um, RW Hockey and I got into it a little bit. I'm going to start there. All right. RW Hockey, I want to reach out to you because he said, LOL, Canucks were rebuilding 
during Elias Pettersson's ELC. And then he called me numb nuts, which I didn't appreciate. <laughs> I heard Grady laugh from the other room. Grady laughed. Honestly, that. that's a good chirp. It was. It was. It was a good chirp. Does rebuilding team sign Jay Beagle and Anton Thank Roussel? Thank you. And that's what I said. To multi-year and contracts. I said that. I said that's not even close to true. That's not close to what happened. They were trying to compete. They just didn't do it well. And look. This is something I brought up on the last show. What we're seeing, and RW Hockey, thank you for your contribution. I hope you like playing ball <laughs> a little bit. But um, And he said, he even said, true, they should have been rebuilding, but they were instead content on ninth place again, which is actually what happened. Like, that is exactly what happened with this team. But when we look back at that, yeah, they should have been rebuilding. They weren't, but you look at what Pedersen was producing on his ELC like last year, we saw the goals per dollar paid or whatever, and Kuzmenko was the most valuable player in the league in the true sense of the word in terms of dollar value. Pedersen was close to that too during his ELC, won the Calder, obviously, right? Like the fact that they couldn't compete during that is unfortunate, but we brought it up on the last show. I think what we're seeing right now is a management regime that kind of understands one, roster building, but two, roles on the roster like what guys need to do we, we like the acquisition of ian cole these low cost low risk acquisitions like look i i know that it looks like they're a playoff team right now but like how much would ryan o'reilly help this team right now instead of pia Suter? right like they could have done that but they didn't and i know i bring it up all the time so i, I gotta stop bringing it up i apologize for that folks but I like what they're doing right now. I like the roster composition. I like that they're not trading all of their picks and they still have these guys coming in that might be able to be impact players on ELCs when you need them to. You said it, Harm. That's how you become a cup contender. That's their path to it. And the challenge too is obviously your top players, like you mentioned the ELC window, but the Canucks have, when you look at some of their other contracts, certain windows that you need to sort of be mindful of too, right? This season, for example, Pedersen is an absolute steal. And, and the way he's going, man, he's going to get all the money, right? Heronic as well. Man, Alan Walsh is just <laughs> having an absolute field day with the start he, he's had. I mean, Heronic is what top five among all NHL defensemen in points right now, which is that's really difficult to do when you aren't quarterbacking a top power play unit. Mm -hmm. Like you look at most of the guys who lead defensemen scoring every year, they're usually PP one guys because as a defenseman, it's just hard to produce a lot of points uh, otherwise. So I'm actually surprised at how much he's already produced and is ratcheting up his, uh, his market value. Uh, so yeah, it's going to be another challenge, but also then you look at like Demko's contract is, is another timeline to be mindful mm -hmm. of. He's making $5 million. The way he's playing right now, that's an absolute steal. Quinn Hughes' contract, how long you have him at under $8 million, that's one of the best contracts exactly. in the NHL as well. So those are the other two windows that you sort of need to be cognizant of. Uh, and that's why there's a lot of thought that needs to be put into. It's not just what pieces do you have in your roster. What names do you have? How much star power do you have? It's, okay, how much how much do they cost when their contracts come up what can what can be afford and that's why you know it feels like the the world is, is about to collapse in, in Edmonton because they they know how much of a, of a bargain McDavid and Drysaddle are and they're just not able to take advantage of it so far this season some really good contributions in the YouTube live chat that I want to get to here sniper 847 pointed out Tyler Myers hasn't been on the ice for an even strength goal against since October 24th versus Nashville 
And Talkin has pointed out multiple times that he thought Myers has really stepped up his game. And it's very hard to disagree with that. Obviously, there was that shorthanded goal against the Rangers, which was absolutely electric. I think that's the best moment that's happened at Rogers Arena this season. Um, but he's been good. Like, he's actually been playing better. And look, I, I don't mean to rehash the past in the past in the start of the season, which is a month ago, but he was borderline unplayable at the start of the year, at the start of that road trip games two through four, I would say it was actively costing them games and yeah, Tample, that Tample one, especially right. And he's cleaned it up big time. I think he's really simplified his game. Um, I think I, I'd be interested to see how much of that comes from coaching because we talk about the coaching staff a lot. You know, how much does that just come down to, okay, maybe when you make a play, you've got to move back to the middle because I think that's always been the gripe with Myers. There's just a few little things in his game, but one we always notice is chips the puck out, watches it. But the good defensemen, what they do, chip the puck out back to the middle. Like they start cheating back to the middle. They get back to the middle of the ice. And I think that's cost Myers a few times this year, but I think that's one thing that I've noticed. And the re- that's the reason I pick it is that's one thing I've noticed he started to clean up. I wonder if that was just a message from the coaching staff, one of the Hall of Famers that they have on staff. It's also just the forward support. I mean, Ian Cole, for example, when we were in the locker room talking to him about shutting out the stars, and there was a question asked uh, asked him about, you know, not just Demko, but the overall play of the defensive group, sort of what's been the key. And the first thing Cole highlighted was that, well, it's not just us. It's as a five-man unit. We're getting a lot more support from the forwards. Mm -hmm. And that's when watching especially those weekend games the blues and, and the rangers and i know those uh, those are, are, are a while back but it's when it first sort of stood out to me was we've seen myers make slip-ups on the on the breakout what you noticed is the winger was sort of coming a lot deeper to provide better passing angles and then you'd also have a center coming deep so that myers had multiple passing options on the breakout and now all of a sudden you're keeping that four checker honest and it's a much easier pass to make as opposed to a lot of times we talk about this team's breakout issues and yeah, the defensemen aren't the best puck movers, but the forwards also need to give the defensemen options. Otherwise they have no, yeah. have no choice, but to go flip or, or off the glass or they're being forced to try and make home run plays that are riskier in nature. And that's where just watching a couple of his breakouts credit to the forwards as well for providing a much better sort of, you know, back pressure when opposing puck carriers are, are trying to create offensive entries. And then when, when there is chip and chase, defensemen have more options in the breakout. There's a few good questions in here. We got to get to Jay soon. So I, I we can't get to all of them, but a few that I just want to quickly answer with two yeses. The first one from War89 said Hughes for Norris. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. He's, he's, he's absolutely. been the best defenseman in the league right now. I mean, absolutely. He's got not only an edge in points, but uh, I think it's it was three or four points last time I checked. So it's not even when you consider how few games have been played so far, it's a big margin. And then also last week I was looking at even five on five shots against his 13th best among all NHL defensemen who'd played at least 100 five on five minutes. So it's like even ignoring the points, shots against preventing quality looks one of the top defensemen in the league, five and five goals against has barely been tagged. He's playing all situations. Uh, he's been an absolute horse. He's to this point been the best defenseman in the league this year. We gotta get your boy Dom on. Let him know. Let him know. He's, he's supposed to be in tier one, Dom. Uh, okay, a couple, couple other ones here. Uh, someone asked if Peronic's contract is going to be more than Hughes in terms of AAV. I think yeah. If he keeps this up, 
it's it's too early to say That's because fair. for as much as Hronik's gotten off to this hot start in terms of point production wise, again, look at the end of the season with the defenseman that put up 55, 60, 65 points. Those guys typically play power play one. So I wonder if at some point at least his point production will cool off, which even though Hronik can continue to play his all-around game as well as he has to this point, he may not just rack up as many points. And that all of a sudden brings down the um, the potential price of, of his contract. Plus, we're still waiting on comparables. Like, the D-mark is shifting. I mean, Rasmus Dallin set a higher bar. Mm-hmm. We know the cap's going to be going up. We're waiting to see what happens with Noah Hannafin. Uh and might be waiting a while for that too. I think the market, it's just way too, I think early right now to have a definitive answer about what range you might slot in, in terms of the value of his next contract. It's a shifting marketplace because of the rising cap. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a, it's a t-shirt until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Okay, uh, let's get the four wins contest. It's the Light the Lamp contest brought to you by our friends at Four Winds Brewing. We got their light loggers, the brand new Four Winds light light logger right at the front of our desks here. Um, Vancouver's playing Edmonton tonight and we want to know who's going to score the first goal for Vancouver. If you nail it, you could win a $25 gift card to the four wins tap room located at 72nd and river road in Delta enter by following us on social media. Keep an eye out for today's show clip and comment who you think will light the lamp and score the first goal tonight. Winners will be contacted directly check us out at canucks army or at canucks convo on twitter at CanucksArmy.com on instagram and canucks army on facebook make sure you ask about the four winds light light logger at your local liquor store or have some delivered to your front door through the online shop at four winds brewing.ca bring them in ceo of nation network jay downton jay who's scoring the first goal on who's starting tonight jack campbell oh man if, if that is uh... <laughs> 
That is uh, Jay Woodcroft uh, signing his own death wish if, if he does that. Uh, so Stuart Skinner is starting. Uh, he better be starting. Um, still not confident in him starting. But who's scoring first? I drink the Kool-Aid. This all started because of Oilers Nation. I'd like to remind people of this. Okay. Uh, the Nation Network, that is. Uh, so Connor McDavid's been on the schneid. He's been playing a little bit hurt, so I'm going Connor for goal. Okay, so that's who Jay's picking in the Wendy's Daily Faceoff Survivor. I'm going to say... Andre Kuzmenko. Andre Kuzmenko is going to score the first goal tonight. And you say you're not a fan. No. Mm. Harmon. Pedersen. I feel like if Miller's got that McDavid line matchup, then that allows Pedersen to, against some of the Oilers' other lines where they have less talent to potential beast there. Speaking of uh, less talent, let's talk about the Oilers lineup even more. <laughs> I'm emotionally compromised right now, so I'm probably going to support a lot of things you have to say, okay? Okay, in all seriousness... When, I shouldn't say when, if the Oilers lose tonight, a lot of people say when, I'll say if, if the Oilers lose tonight, like what's the vibe in Edmonton right now? What's the next step? Like, are are they on fire Woodcroft? Because we've had the fire chance in Vancouver. Like that's happened in Vancouver after we had a rough start out here. What, what's the next step in Edmonton? There's a lot of hot seats in Edmonton uh, right now. And unfortunately, Woody, who we love as a fan base is in probably the hottest of the seats. You know, one of our biggest issues is our roster construction, which obviously would put the GM in the hot seat, but he has one more year left in his deals, or he's in his last year of his deal, so we don't know what the hell that's going to mean. So if we lose tonight, here's the fear for Oilers fans right now. Here's the fear. I'm going to tell you right now. If the Oilers lose tonight in Vancouver, you know who our next game is against? Tell me. The San Jose Sharks. Oh, trap game. And <laughs> I can't even handle <laughs> What could happen? Oh, man. What could happen? We go to San Jose after this. So, ergo, the Oilers are winning tonight because that can't happen. <laughs> it can't happen. I don't know, Jake. The heater starts tonight in Vancouver. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, I hate to break it to you, man. This team's been playing pretty good lately. I don't know. They can take a night off. <laughs> We've got a team that's taking a night off for six weeks. <laughs> if there's any team to take a night off against, it's the Edmonton Oilers, just as we all would have expected at the start of the year when we were oh. doing our projections. Sam in the YouTube chat is wondering if the Oilers lose. Will there be any Oilers jerseys on the ice tonight? I saw Jay? a lot of them around the city today. A lot of Oilers jerseys. Well, we already. travel well. You yeah. Know? We, we're I mean, a, evidently. <laughs> we're a passionate fan base. I love going and watching the oil on the road because you'll see so many people from Edmonton. Uh, They're just Oilers fans that come out of the woods because they live in, you know, Ohio and they drove down to Nashville for a game. Like, it's always good to see. Um, But will there be a jersey? I, nothing hurts my heart more than seeing <laughs> a jersey toss. And I thought I was at the Nashville game on Sunday or on Saturday, and I thought one was coming. Uh, so I guess we're not there yet, but we are Has very close. Has there not close. been one yet? Not That's the surprising. Boo Birds are out. The yeah. Boo Birds are out, uh, which also hurts my heart. Uh, but it's warranted. It's warranted. We had a jersey on the ice in the home opener last year. Home opener, right? Or was it the game after? They lost Carolina. I can't remember. It, it was, was either first or second early game. In the year. <laughs> yeah, it was embarrassing earlier in the year. Okay, so if they fire Woodcroft, you guys need a high-flying coach. Bruce Boudreaux, I hear he's looking for work. <sighs> You know, he, he, he get a lot out of the offense. You know, he keeps the guys loose. I think right. we need. I think we need a hard ass if we. If, and I feel bad if we uh, if we fire Woody. Uh, but this is just the business of the sport. It's a results business. What have you done for me lately? Fair. And Woody's in trouble. I think. Okay, Harmon. Anything else in the Oilers uh, preview? No, no. I think we're all we're all just. I think Vancouver fans are just hoping that 
if they get that third win against Edmonton, Sweet. that like that's the you know just like the dagger, you know. And I think they'd love nothing more than to see an Oilers <laughs> Oilers jersey on the ice. So I think that's uh, that's all they're sort of crossing their fingers for. All right, it won't be mine. Yeah, <laughs> the Ekholm. You bring it. You brought Ekholm. <laughs> I brought at home. I, I, I was thinking at home was jinxed because they weren't winning, but then it's like, you can't, you can only blame the Jersey so many times. <laughs> so I'm doubling down, tripling down on at home. The bearded one, the Viking he's coming. He's, he's gonna be hard to play against tonight. He doesn't have a choice. All right, Jay, we quickly wanted to talk about the nation network's investment in the Vancouver market, because obviously we're in this studio, which our listeners and, and viewers are really appreciative of just as we are. Uh, we bring Harmon dial in, as the coach, just talk talk about that bringing in Harmon, getting the studio, the evolution of Canucks Army and the Vancouver market with the Nation Network. Well, like our our mission and mandate, uh, you know, like we started as fans, right? Like obviously, we I, I brag and, and kind of like to hold that over because it's the only thing we have on you right now. That this started as Oilers Nation, but it started because we were just fans of a team, wanted to create content uh, and community around being fans, and. We want to do that in other markets. And the only way to do that is to work with great people like yourselves, like, you know, Sakaris and Price, uh, you know, who, who understand authenticity, who understand building community, who understand just, you know, the love of the sport and the love of their community uh, and want to, you know, work and partner with people like that because, you know, our, our well, mission statement to sound corporate is, you know, building <laughs> community through hockey, right? It's so important because, you get to do amazing live events like you did at uh, Greta, bringing people together, sharing t- good times with your team. Like that's kind of that's that's the core value of what the Nation Network is, and making the investment in in, in Vancouver. Like it's 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 something we want to do for years, but it's finding the right people. Quads came and joined us five years ago. Yeah, five years ago. And like, look what he's done with the website, right? And then from there, now what it's turned into, you know, now Canucks Convos become a thing and. Now it's allowing us to do more and more and more. And so one thing I can assure you is these guys continue to do great things. And thank you for coming on board, Harmon, uh, is we'll continue to invest in this because there's so much fun stuff we can do. Once you have community around your brand, the the good times are endless. So more events, we're going to start doing some travel. That's right. That's coming down the pipe, more clothing, all that good stuff. Uh, but it's because of the good work of you guys um, and just you know the fact that you understand how to build a community. Uh, I think we need to get Canucks Army mock turtlenecks because Harmon and I are both turtleneck guys. Oh, I'm a, I would love nothing more than turtleneck. Get us some Canucks Army turtlenecks on the Nation we, Gear website. Okay, okay. Actually, talk to us about that. We have now, yeah, we can get deeper with our, with oh, our clothing amazing. line now. So the Canucks Army uh, clothing line is out and we'll be doing some more of that and leaning on your guys' expertise with your audience on what we should do with t-shirts, hoodies, sweaters, and whatever. Uh, turtleneck, sorry. Uh, and uh, right. yeah, well, the big the big thing in Northern Nation Land is sweatpants. People are like when that's we've been doing gear for ten years. And everyone's asked for sweatpants, so this is a not all. I guess you guys are gonna the Canucks Army audience is gonna hear first that we're gonna be releasing sweatpants in Edmonton. Oh. Ooh, I'm sure you care. Yeah, we're but stoked. Turtlenecks are coming. <laughs> Get us some uh, suits. The inside lining, the Canucks Army logo. Oh, we okay, we, okay. Yeah, we, we'll start. We'll make our list. Yeah, of what let's we start with turtlenecks. <laughs> Just start with turtlenecks, then we'll move up the suits. All right. Uh, Jay, anything else you want to say to the Vancouver audience that are consuming all of the content here? Um, okay. Can I say I love you and hate you all at the same time? <laughs> Hate's a strong word. Uh, I, I do love you. I love the support you get, you give to this brand. Uh, and I love the fact that the brand entertains you. And that's something that's very important to us because that meets our core values. Uh, I will be cheering against you tonight. I have to stay who I am. We're, uh, uh, hey, authenticity is a, uh, another uh, core value of this company. <laughs> 
And so I'm coming on a Canucks conversation show and I am wearing my Oilers Nation hat. I, I, I used all my willpower not to wear my Oilers jersey to show some respect. I wore my Oilers Nation hoodie on our last or second to last show. And Faber was like, he's already gone corporate. He's already gone. He's already gone. I, you know, he's wearing his Oilers Nation. I like that hoodie. I think, look, I'm getting the Canucks Army one. It's well, yeah, now yeah, you'll get, get the right logo on it and it'll feel even more comfortable. In fact, I actually wore it. I don't know if anybody knows this. I wore it to a Canucks practice and like it went into the dressing room oh, wearing an Oilers man. Nation sweater. Wow. <laughs> I don't think anybody noticed oh. it. I think the only guy. Sleeper cell quads <laughs> going in on behalf of O.N. The only guy I talked to was like Casey DeSmith and I don't think Whose he team are you on? Jay's <laughs> team, man. Team TNN. We're all a family. Yeah. Just some of us cheer for the wrong teams. <laughs> That's right. Right. Some of us cheer for winners. Other of us uh, cheer for yeah, uh, came, uh, this, Campbell. This was born in the decade of darkness. So I know That's how to right. live in the shadows. Okay. I know pain. <laughs> I, I am quite comfortable with pain. It's also why I'm a Cleveland Browns fan when it comes to football. Oh, man. Okay. Uh, Greedy, let's get to Betway. Jay, thank you for joining us. Uh, Thanks, much appreciated. We'll get to the Betway bet of the day here. Uh, and then we'll close it out from our brand new studio at the iconic Sheraton Wall Center looks beautiful in here uh and we've already like grady's already on top of the camera angles looking very good uh the next shows are going to get even better grady do we have the uh betway bet of the day here i think i remember it so i don't even need you to pull it up if you can't Connor david score first nope okay nope nope we do business trophy actually i'm gonna i'm gonna jump on that one you have to jump on that one everybody should over at Betway right now. Thatcher Demko as the outright Vesna Trophy winner for this season, plus twelve hundred odds. A ten dollar bet returns you one hundred thirty dollars over on Betway. 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 And folks, you're gonna want to get into this, get in on this right now because that line you see right there, that is dropping. This guy is the highest goal save above average in the league, the best save percentage amongst NHL starting goaltenders. If the Canucks keep this up, he's just going to keep rising on up. So that price is going to drop. So you might want to get in sooner rather than later. Even tonight's game when it's like a 7-3 to three victory over the Oilers, 7-1. to one, I don't know what it's going to be. Um, that might affect Demko's odds too. Well, as the CEO of the company, I have to say, <laughs> please bet responsibly and 19+. plus. There you go. Beautiful. <laughs> All right. We'll, we'll wrap it up. We can't yeah. bet then. Nine, nine <laughs> <laughs> yes. People I will make the bet. Yes, I James will make the bet. Yes, there you go. Uh, yes, of course, 19 plus to play. If you choose to play, as we always say, Jay, trust me, we always do say this. <laughs> Please play responsibly. Okay, we'll wrap it up there. For my co-host, Harmon Dial, and our technical producer, Grady Sauce. Jay, thank you for joining us for in me. studio today. My name is David Guadrelli. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Canucks conversation mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for mother's day than whole foods market they're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts start by saving 33 with prime on all body care and candles then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just 9.99 each with prime round out mom's menu with festive rosé irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats come celebrate mother's day at whole foods market
market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.